What's up, everybody? It is Friday, August 20th. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat, still in the desert in preparation for Friday Night Smackdown tonight and SummerSlam tomorrow. AJ Hawk is in studio, plus Joe Hayden and General Bob Carpenter. It's a feel-good Friday. Be a friend, tell a friend. Let's get into it. But I'm joined here, obviously, by all the boys who seem to be very spirited on this what this what feel good Friday that you guys oh, yeah. like to have? There you go. I walked into this place and you guys are juiced, man. How you doing, Boston Connor? What's what's happening, man? You juiced? Oh, 35 nothing victory. Oh, Super Bowl uh, for sure, Patriots. Hey, look, I'm not going to talk about the 35 nothing. Jalen Hurts wasn't playing, so the zero doesn't really count. But AJ, come on, Jesus. dude. This guy. What are you doing? Oh, the no. first thing he did earlier was oh. knock over a bunch it's of shit. 800 out there degrees too. in here again, and. <laughs> Are has, I'm not going to hit on it. I'm not going to harp on it because it always happens. I know Pat is watching, sitting in his gigantic 18,000 square foot rental in Phoenix, and he's looking at it and doesn't want me talking about his desk. I get it. But it's 400 degrees in here, yeah. and your desk is an absolute mess. But either way, I'm happy to be here, honored to be here. Gumpy's here. Diggs is here. Hey, Connor, we talked to you. How are we doing? Ty Schmidt, I hear... Uh, we may have a little bit of a Sirianni press conference at some point today. I don't know. There's rumors about it. Oh. All the boys in the back doing great. Zeke, first off, you got, I got to congratulate you on what you've been doing, man. What, what you you've mean? done yesterday. Oh, thank you. Thank Pats you. and Phoenix, obviously, everything that you do, Zito Productions, couldn't do without you. Thank you, man. I, I watched you scramble like on my screen from home, going back and forth, figuring all this stuff out. So congrats, <laughs> Zeke. Good job. Thank, thank you, Zeke. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Zeke. All right, I guess now we're going to uh, see if we can make this work. And let's dial up old Pat McAfee out in Phoenix in that uh, expensive mansion that he has been renting for SummerSlam and everything else. Pat, what's happening, man? AJ, great job. Oh, it's actually Yeah, this thing's going to work. <laughs> it's not actually. Oh, wait. Yeah, it is, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, got yeah. You. we got you. We got you. Hey, a lot of times, like, you'll hear when I first talk, it'll echo back to me for the first little bit, and then it always shuts off. Well, I think that's because Zito's trying to test it out or whatever. I took the AirPods off because every time I talked, it would snap, crackle, and pop. You know, Rice Krispies right in my ears. I hated that. <laughs> so now we try to figure it out the other way. I'm just doing classic FaceTime with you. And somehow, okay, somehow, my service people have been saying, out here in the middle of the fucking desert has somehow been better than you every single day over there in Ohio. We don't know how the world works, but I want to let you know, thank you so much for going into studio. You're obviously crushing it here early. Let the beat drop. Knocked over Aaron. Hell of a fucking start for you, AJ. Let's have a feel-good Friday. Yeah. That's right, man. It's going to be a good day. I'm glad to, to be here, but let's get into to some football action. I, I see Connor just staring at me. It's weird because I'm used to being in the attic, and now I can just feel Connor's <laughs> sure. gaze just staring at me like, come on, you know we've got to talk about the Patriots, right? 35 nothing. I'm going to act like I'm not excited, but I'm super juiced. What would you think about Mac? What would you think about Cam? I know people say, of course, Cam's going to start the regular season. How long do you think it is until Cam can hold Mac off? Well, that's a fascinating question, AJ, because watching last night, I think we were all doing the same exact thing. First of all, what the fuck happened to Jalen Hurts? Okay. Yikes. First of all, is he all right? He Let's warmed up. Hey, he, went, he warmed up, right, in pads? Or did, was he wearing everything and warm up with the team and then taken to the hospital? Yep. I was watching him on, Good Mo- or on NFL Network here. He had his entire kit on, was warming up, playing catch huh. beforehand. After warm-ups catch, he was playing. And then all of a sudden, he's nowhere to be found. I go take a leak. I come back, Joey Flacco's. I'm like, is Joey Flacco the fucking starter in Philadelphia <laughs> over Jalen? Then that reporting of him being sick or whatever kind of came fast. I thought he got a positive test 
and they didn't find out until then. They're like, we got to get you away from everybody. But allegedly, it was just a tummy upset tummy ache or whatever. Joey Flacco tried his best. That Eagles team looks a long way away from home. But just like everybody else, I wanted to see what Cam had. You know, Cam, fresh out of 86 days of unemployment, he gets COVID. The team stinks. They stink. He throws like four touchdowns last year. Didn't really get a good bite at the apple is what everybody says. And now there's a first-round draft pick quarterback waiting for him to stink. And Cam came out and played better than he did in the first game, even though he only got like six snaps. Eight and nine, he was leading guys. He looked like he had some good zip. Almost missed a little check down or whatever to a running back. I think that was really his worst play of the night. Cam looked unbelievable. Then Mac came in and followed suit. I like the way fucking Mac answered, you know? I think I like I think Mac had to answer there a little bit. I like that game, AJ. I liked it a lot what they both showed. Well, I think they both showed a lot, but they also Mac has some momentum going leading into this game and he he absolutely built on that momentum, I feel like. But Connor, I want to ask you. Cam Newton looked great. Yeah. Does Cam Newton does this team have a better chance to win the Super Bowl with Cam Newton or Mac oh. Jones at quarterback? Oh boy! Oh. I right now, right now, I'm not talking like hey, say three, two months down the road. Right now, what do you think? Uh, right now, I would put I would take Mac Jones just because of really? what happened. Oh, just oh, because of you want me to say Cam Newton while I'm wearing this shirt? If I had the Newton jersey on, maybe I'd say Cam. But I mean, I'd AJ, say Mac it's because AJ. It's because he's racist. Whoa! I believe yeah. it. I believe yeah. it. What? That's, that's what the internet was saying. Remember I can believe that. Whoa! You are, is that why? I need to think about that, Connor. How dare you? You two, two have actually switched places. You know. This is Pat's playing the role of AJ right now. It's perfect. Hey. We can't have that here, can we? <laughs> That's despicable. On, I we can't, can't have it. You two would put that sort of blasphemy we cannot have it. on my name. Oh, way to go, AJ. Hey, way to go. We way can't to go. Have it. <laughs> if Tim McAfee knew this was going on, he'd come in here with his pistol and he would take care of you. Whoa, we don't like two of them. We don't got like two of them on him at any time. And we know, hey, Pat, what do we? What do they call old Tim? Uh, Penny shot Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you remembered. Actually, was that yesterday or two days ago? That's his fucking name. <laughs> 350 yards out. The guy can hit a penny with a rifle and give him a good scope. But what I'm saying is, that's how the internet has felt, by the way, yeah. about New England fans that are excited for Mac Jones. Legit. Oh. Like, Connor's obviously not racist. Connor's, Connor's, he's got too much love in his heart to hate anybody, I think, because Thank the amount you. of hate that he has probably felt yeah. throughout his life with the way he is. But I think it's going to be very difficult for anybody to really make a stand up there. Because Cam's playing so fucking well. Cam's playing so well. But all anybody wants, myself included, and I'm a Cam Newton guy, I just want to see fucking Mac. Like, I want to see him go out. It looks like Tom Brady reincarnated up there. That's what it looks like, Connor. Yeah, well, I mean, the the reason I say Mac is because, like, his pre-snap reads just feel better than Cam Newton's. Like, the whole thing... Hey, you know who the MVP is, Connor? The MVP of that game that people aren't talking about. How about that offensive line? Any highlight yeah. you show, Cam, Mac, whoever it is, is sitting back there for days, it feels like, letting everything prog- – I was sitting back there thinking, if I'm on defense, man, we can't cover for five or six seconds. Like, guys are going to come open. And I think Mac and Cam both did a good job of hitting, like, little windows and like, their, de- their uh, receivers sat down in those windows when they needed – I don't know if they can carry that over the regular season, but right now I would feel pretty good if I'm the Patriots. Yeah, like if we didn't have four able running backs, I think it would be a much different story because you probably need Cam to help the running game. But because we have that, it's just like, hey, you might as well have the dude who is very accurate with the football and who can make all the reads and write checks. And I think that is Mac right now. I mean, right now. But should they start in week one, though? 
I mean, I think it's not going to get announced till like Friday of game week against the Finns. It's probably going to go all the way up to there. I would just because his whole thing going into the draft was if you need a quarterback right away, the dude who can come in, learn your playbook, and play week one was Mac Jones. So I think you might as well roll with him. And then if not, hopefully it motivates him and you know makes him work harder and maybe he'll earn the job week four, week five. For you guys, AJ and Pat, that have been in the NFL camps, is it – Pat, you said it. You loved classes in college that – the majority of the class was based on tests. Like, hey, 85% of your grade is going to be based on tests. In the NFL, in preseason, like, is is it 50-50 between what you see in practices versus what you see in the preseason games, or is practice more important than the games? How does that work for NFL camps? Patrick? You're sitting in my chair, dude. I think this is your answer. <laughs> I was actually – I found the CBDMD gummies, and I'm actually kind of hungry, so I was going to eat a few of them. I thought you were going to fall. <laughs> You're going to fall asleep. He's Those have been there sleep. a long time. I've been having a lot of CBD out here myself. It's not the sleepy ones. I don't know. Hey, they're good, though. CBDMD's good until they're not. I only got a couple weeks left for them. Almost going back and be 25% off. <laughs> but the, uh, the thing that I think – is Pretty those preseason games, especially game two, like I think we're going to see a lot of guys play a lot of action. Yeah. And I was thinking about this last night. Because the four preseason game, it was always like first one, ain't nobody playing. Second one, kind of a series, maybe two. Third one, let's streak this closest to a game. Let's do a half, and then we'll come out into the second half so we can go through the entire routine and even play the middle eight, which is so important. And then that fourth preseason game, like let's hope everybody survives kind of a throwaway. Now, if what everybody's going to do is first game doesn't matter, second game seems to be where we're hearing a lot of people are going to play. Like tonight, the the, the line's moving heavily in the Chiefs' favor uh, because it is, I think a lot of people know potentially that the Chiefs are probably playing the entire first half. Like their stars are actually playing their entire first half. So then that second half is going to be who? Backups and everything like that. And to your question, Diggs, on does practice matter or do the games matter? Like, in a, I say this so often, situations are so situational. You know? But some guys come alive in these preseason games that stink during practice, and it's like, okay, this guy's a gamer. Or maybe somebody's incredible in practice, they stink in a game whenever they're doing a final judgment. It's like, okay, when the lights come on, can this motherfucker still play? So I think it kind of goes hand in hand. AJ, what are your thoughts on that? Practice reps absolutely matter in training camp, especially if you're having those inter-squad uh, scrimmages and your, your coaches are putting up like you're making – these situations. Here we go. This is red zone. This is goal line. This is competitive. He'll tell you, hey, this is live, guys. That's a big deal when a coach steps in and tells everybody it's live. Everyone starts yelling from the sidelines and guys get stupid and start getting fights. And that's what makes training camp fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I think Sirianni even said what Jalen has done in practice is a big deal too of how we're evaluating him. So missing the game wasn't as big a deal. Well, and I think also, and I'm sorry for continuing to harp on the same subject here, but like for me, I was never a practice guy, right? I was never a practice guy. That's what it was titled, I guess, right? Like a uh, practice me, guy. Wait, do, you mean, never, do you mean that you didn't do well in practice or you didn't like practice? I didn't care about practice enough in anything. Okay. Soccer, I, I did there. I do my thing. Hey, I'll run. I'll do this whole thing. <laughs> but what are we doing? We're talking about practice. You know what I mean? Because like, I had so many games in every sport that I played. It was like the practices I understand understood were essential but if it was like uh, – I wasn't like a big, hey, every rep matters in practice guy type thing. So I actually wondered, especially when I went into the NFL and was drafted in a position I did not know much about. Like I was going to have to – I was going to have to figure out how to punt as we go here. It's like practice in the NFL whenever you're a rookie, that is your trial. 
Like that's your audition, you know? So yeah. it's no longer like a practice rep. It's like, a, hey, my livelihood rep is here, you know? And that's like kind of, I think, the difference between high school, college, and NFL. Now, I, because of Adam Vinatieri being around me, and I think obviously watching others, you know, practice is so fucking important. And I was wrong for a long time with the way I viewed it. But if you can get yourself into a game rep, in your mind, in practice, God, you, you're so much better. Every rep means something. And that's what AJ's saying in those situations. Like, hey, here we are, down to, this was us week nine last year. Down to right before half, third and whatever. We have two timeouts. Like, you have to kind of put yourself in those game reps. And if you perform in those practice reps, I think the coaches will have faith that you'll be able to do it. But at some point, you got to be able to do it when the lights are on, too. And I'm not saying preseason is the only time, but when the uh, like regular season starts as well. Well, we know there's some guys that are – practice all-stars and they do great in practice and then the lights come on and a real game happens and they somehow they seem to shrink why is that i don't know i mean some people i guess are some people will come alive when the game means the most and when things really matter and some people i think kind of shudder and, and are, are fearful of that situation aj how were you in practice your whole life really good in practice I mean, I was there. I, I wanted to make sure I was always there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was exactly how I was. Too. Yeah. When you got to the Packers, did it change, though, the way you address practice? Uh, I mean, I, I would say I learned in college probably how to practice. In high school, it was just straight survival. Like, this is – we're blasting each other all day, every day. Let's try to learn our plays and learn the defense, and then let's just survive to, and get to Friday for the game. In college is when I think I learned how to practice. Like, okay, I'm going to be intentional. Like, I need to, I need to work on my hands today. I would always, like – you know, you try to pick one thing, and a lot of that's corny. When they go, oh, just get better at one thing each day. Okay, whatever. Like, you can use that, though. I, st I do remember vividly thinking Luke Fickle, my linebacker coach in college, like, he really was the first one, I think, that taught me how to use my hands well. Like, and he kept harping on it, and then it, it stuck in my brain. I think it helped me a lot. Yeah, I think practice, once you start viewing it properly, like, you know, you hear as punishment. You got you to view it as, hey, this is for me to get better. Like, I need to, this is going to help me play better when – Normally, you look at practice as punishment. Okay, we got to get through practice so we can play in the games. Yeah, and it's tough because I'm not much of a future thinker. I think a lot of people know that. I'm a checkers player, not a chess player. But in practice, you have to think of like, hey, like two years from now, I'm going to be better because I'm doing this. Like it is in this rep right here that I'm in my mind is just so much different. I think if I would have learned how to practice a lot earlier, I think my life would have been much different. Another thing that was tough for me is – like first halves of games, whether it was soccer, I played volleyball, football, whatever sport I played, first half, like, hey, I'm half asleep, basically. Like, all right, like, then what are we, we're kind of buying time here because in soccer, I wasn't in the greatest shape anyways. So let me go ahead and save some energy here for later. It caught up to me in football, though. Like, hey, the first quarter fucking matters just as much as the fourth quarter does, you know, like, and that was something. These are all Those Sunday one o'clock games, like, that's a real thing, like, in Green Bay, you play Sunday noon games, mm -hmm. noon central, one Eastern. So it's even earlier. You go out there for warm up sometimes at what, ten something, ten fifteen. Like it's early. People are still in <laughs> church, and, and you're out there trying to get some juice for the game. So that was absolutely something that McCarthy would talk about in Green Bay. Like people coming here, and you better get ready early because someone could jump out and get to a. They're up seventeen nothing before you blink. And in my particular profession, you can fuck up in the first quarter and it will not be forgiven when we are in the fourth quarter. You know, like there is, <laughs> there's things, there are plays, you know what I mean, early. Like you, that whole process, I, it doesn't get talked about a lot because I don't think a lot of pros talk about it openly. But that whole like 
mentality and practice, how you can be so much better if you attack practice with an actual mentality like, hey, I'm going to win today's practice as opposed to I'm going to get through today's practice. And then games, like realizing like, hey, I have to do what I have to do to get myself ready to be go play one all the way through fourth quarter. Because in my position, there's a lot of standing around. Fuck it. I'm just standing around have to show up. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like there's just I, – I think that whole process of going through games, preseason can help that obviously. But I think, I mean, it is it is nothing until you kind of experience it failure after failure after failure. Hey, going back to the Patriots. So, Gump, the Patriots play the Dolphins week one. Yeah. Who You, as a Dolphins fan, who do you want to play quarterback for the Patriots? Who do you want to face? Oh. It should be Cam that starts week one. He deserves a shot. Whether I'm a Dolphins <laughs> fan or not, I think it's best. Who would they... you rather, if you're playing for the Dolphins, you're the safety for the Dolphins, who do you want in there at quarterback to give you the best chance to beat them? See what I think? If you uh, saw the passes Cam made last night. He's not answering it. No, he's all not. Right. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. He, said, I get it. he yeah. said Cam. It's Cam. Put him on the As spot. As a Dolphins fan, you want Cam. I put you on the spot, but yeah, I get it. I don't, I'm but torn. I don't, get, see, I don't know what to if do. If you saw the passes Cam made last night, like those are the passes he's going to make with the two tight ends and the way they set up the run. Like I think Cam will be just as not just as good, but he'll be fine and in he, that system. He let people know that he, he completed some balls down the field. Yeah. That's what made people feel better. If he did, if he was what eight and nine for sixty one yards and didn't complete anything over like seven yards, then you'd be worried probably. And yeah. I think he got into a rhythm early. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely, I think Cam got into huge. a rhythm early. Yeah. It was almost like watching him. It was like, oh, like this is this is good. Like this is what Cam could be. You know, this is like if Cam was playing like this. Had, remember, he had no teammates last year. No, yeah. yeah. He had no teammates. Yeah. I mean, Gunner obviously out there doing his thing, but he had no teammates last year, and he got COVID and COVID yeah. season and you whatever the case was. He was a very driven, hungry dude going into last year. That all got derailed. Then he came out and said, "Listen, I ain't going out like that or whatever." I just I love the thought of Mac Jones, but I think Bill Belichick has been very open. Like, hey, this is Cam's team, and if Cam plays good with all the weapons around him, with McDaniel's offense and everything like that. I mean, it could be a, it could be a while before we see Mac full time, AJ. Yeah, I was gonna say Bill has been saying the whole time that Mac, or I mean that uh, Cam is gonna be his starter, and if he continues to perform like this, like why would you switch at at this point and go to Mac? Like maybe he has a little bit quicker of a leash, but I mean at this point, like if Cam continues to perform like this, like what what is he showing that that says like oh he shouldn't be the starter? Week no, you're one? right. It does, it makes complete sense. Put Cam in there week one. Hopefully he plays well enough to hold Mac off where people aren't asking for Mac yelling hey, second half like they're chanting for Mac. And, yeah, you just go from there and see where it plays out, I guess, because then you can always go to Mac if you really need to. But how good does Cam have to play, though, for Mac to knock it in? Well, I was also going to say, let's not forget, um, he had the same exact numbers last night as Mason Rudolph did last week against that same defense. The Eagles defense <laughs> stinks. Yeah, and also hey, – well. I did see that. Hey, I saw you taking a victory lap last night. <laughs> had to. to After too. the night before that, I had to take a victory lap last night. Well, you deserve uh, it, man. And if we're <laughs> going to go to anybody for preseason football numbers, look at the fucking COVID Cowboy. This guy's got oh, second yeah. defenses, dude. <laughs> Did, so what does Sirianni think? Do we know how – is Sirianni <laughs> upset about this? I don't know. So first things first, I'd like to address – Jalen, yes, he had a little bit of a tummy ache. Again, this is about the intricacies and the details, and we're trying to figure out what we're doing. We did the Kobayashi method last night. Now now Jalen knows, hey, don't eat 14 hot dogs before an NFL football game. So we will dial that in. We'll get that figured out. In terms of defense, I'll be honest, I have not addressed much of the defense 
thus far this year. So I will, at this point, we're going to have to get that sorted out. You know, we'll see which one of these guys want to compete because when we're getting beat 35 nothing, I mean, you just you can't do it. Once again, I said last week, I guarantee we win our next football game. We'll get the details right. We'll get the little things that we, we didn't really do as well last night. We'll get those right, and we will win our next football game. Mark my words. And Jalen won't eat 15 hot dogs before the game next time. All right, let's go, Coach. I like the positivity. Just continue the guarantee the next game you're going to win. That's all you got to do, right? Why not? Will anybody check them? You think, like, how many times can you say, I guarantee next game? I mean, what's what's the worst that can happen? People are saying, hey, it didn't come true. Okay, well, don't wait this week. I guarantee. Hey, wait till you see this next game, bro. You thought I was serious last time? Wait till I fucking show you this next time. We guarantee you win this time. How about uh, Sirianni with the milkshake tummy ache reference there? Is it because <laughs> is it because the water wasn't perfectly temperatured? Yeah, and there, I didn't. It, I mean, it was my fault. I didn't check the glasses before he was dunking them in the water, so there could have been some bacteria in there. I'll have to go talk with the you know the wait staff and see if they did you know clean them and dishwash them beforehand so i'll make sure that doesn't happen again but again you know i think joe joe flacco competed and he looked good last night so you know it's not all doom and gloom around here okay we got a lot of things we can look forward to build on and what can you build on from that game coach 35 nothing what can you take from that that will help you well we could score some fucking points next week and start (laughs) devonta smith looked good coach yeah. Again, you know, I've been working with him a lot. He, guy, likes to compete. You see the routes he runs. I mean, he's NFL ready right now. Again, we need to get him and Jalen on the same page. But you saw the way Joe was playing with. I mean, Joe Flacco is a good football player. Yeah. Coach, anything to say about the people commentating the game? Oh my God! I haven't had the chance to watch the TV copy back yet, <laughs> but I did see a lot of tweets that were saying. Ross Tucker looked like a big dumb dipshit and sounded like him. I again, I'm not no there no 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 comments from me in terms of uh, that yet because I have not got a chance to watch. What did Ross say? I didn't I didn't get to hear. I could it was on mute where I was. Dude, it was so bad. They had this bad. It was so bad. I saw a clip too where where uh, old buddy hit the sweet spin move that you can hear Ross's voice over top of it. what, What else is going on? JJ Taylor, yeah, that was a great point. I, this it was to the point where it was so bad that I wanted to mute it, but I wanted to see if it was going to get any better or any worse. They had this back and forth, like, do you know what I'm saying when, like, I say that guy's a dude, that guy's a guy. Do you know what I mean? And the dude responded, like, yeah, you mean like he's a guy, he's a dude. And then Ross Tucker said, oh, so you don't know what I mean? And the dude responded, no, I was going for the laugh. And then dead silence for five seconds, and then back into the broadcast. It was brutal. Even the sideline reporter. Uh, it was so oh. bad. Don't, man, AJ, it was bad. Yeah. AJ, I've been getting a chance now, right, to listen to all these local broadcasts because oh. you know, they all play. Yeah. I learned a lot about Scott Zolak, who I just found out is a Pittsburgh guy whenever the Patriots game was being called. Yeah, Last yeah. night, I learned a lot about Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker, I can tell why his podcasts are good. You know what I mean? I can tell why his podcasts were good. Different style when you're commentating a game. But I, uh, I did see some internet reaction to old Ross Tucker. The, the local groups being introduced to the world, I think should happen more often, AJ. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I know Ross. I, I've done different things with Ross and his shows. And I was at the Super Bowl a couple years ago with him with his own doing some stuff. Ooh. 
Whoa. Oh, hey, uh, that was actually the year that you had the, the deal with Timmy Tabot at the uh, Top Golf in oh, Atlanta, yeah. right? Yeah, why didn't you come to that? Rest in oh, peace. I was there. Me and you filmed a segment, so <laughs> <laughs> we filmed for about 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was awesome. I remember that. That was a great was segment. Really cool. Actually, it was terrible. We just jammed it in for some reason. I, there was, I had no reason to be there, but we were going to film something for DAZN, I believe. And so once everybody was done, me and you were like, all right, I guess we're just hitting oh, some was balls. That the Keekly, was that the Keekly uh, member? No. Keekly was there. Yeah, I Keekly talked to Keekly. and Thomas Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were both there. Bro, that was a tough go. That I mean, was a we got long day you had. That obviously, Jesus Christ loves you mm-hmm. is oh, yeah. the top of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, AJ, when you showed up, you saved us. We were in the middle of a lot of conversations that were not going great, so oh, we yeah. appreciate really? you coming out. Oh, yeah. yeah not that was for uh, Levi's or something. Wranglers. Wranglers. My bad. Have some respect. Come on, dude. My bad, Brett Favre. You're right. Pat, did you see when they threw... Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep. Who? Brett Favre. Okay, let's talk about Brett Favre. Yes. You brought him up. He said the kids should not be tackling football, and I literally just FaceTimed you as you were walking off an eight-year-old's practice field when you were telling (laughs) them to hit each other harder. Your thoughts on Brett Favre's thoughts on... On football stuff. Look, we can get into Brett Favre's yeah. thoughts on everything else, too. That kind of seems like the new Brett Favre thing. But your thoughts on Brett Favre saying, hey, CT is a real thing, man. They shouldn't be yeah, tackling man. that young age. As being a coach of those young age kids that are tackling each other. Your thoughts, AJ? Hey, it's something I think about all the time. I think about that at my kids' practice. Yeah, I was... I knew Brett had talked about in the past, right? Like, different issues that he may have suffered from. But to see the produced, like, piece slash commercial infomercial he did, it's like what... The kid playing little Brett and then like medium Brett and then current day Brett. And they're all talking, right? About I didn't know it was like Young Rock. It was. Yeah, what? No, no. I didn't see that. No. You didn't see that the video that they put out of him? No. Oh, I just yeah. saw the headline. No, it's a video. It's a whole like product, pro, like this production that they put together and had, yeah, like a guy representing little Brett, medium Brett, and then old Brett. And he's talking. Yeah, you guys need to watch the whole thing. My mom actually texted me about it. She's like, Have you seen this Brett Farr video? I had no idea he was against kids playing football and all that. And so. I mean, young yeah, Brett? it's a thing. Yeah, there's a kid. They hired an actor to be young Brett. Huh. Was the guy that um, was teaching Damon how to play his most recent role in the movie the, playing old Brett Favre? Or? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Who? What else is Brett against? I don't know. What is he against? Do you know? I was just wondering. There it is. That's supposed to be young Brett, young Brett Favre. <laughs> yep, there's medium Brett. Is that Sean Astin? Rudy? Is that Ben and Terry? <laughs> <laughs> See? Is that young Vinny? I mean, looks like a young Vinatieri. Brett used to have some. He used to have some jet black hair back when he was young, I guess, huh? Hey, listen, little me. Is that what he's saying? There? <laughs> That's exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Hey, Stop listen, playing. you've been tackling too many kids at this age. Is it a real thing? How long is this video? It's one minute. I don't know if I can play it or not. Hey, zoom in on that bottom. How many? Two hundred four thousand. Yeah. Two hundred four. Two hundred four point yeah. eight. A lot of people have seen this video, huh? This is a big deal, AJ. You're part of the problem, yeah. not the solution. I, well, I, we know numbers are down like with youth football all over the country. So, I mean, I would imagine this isn't going to help them. Hey, numbers are not down for NFL guys, though. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What's that? What do you mean? This was my take. Um, whenever all the war on football is happening, they're saying, hey, we're not going to have enough people playing or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like Pumbo, those fucking kids are putting helmets on, running into each other. They don't care about any of the science. Okay, down there in South Florida, they're fucking running into each other at the young age. They don't care about any. I think a lot of the neighborhoods where, um, you know, people end up in the NFL, Centerville. I don't think they're fucking stopping. Centerville, Ohio. That's I don't good think point. A, a lot of the neighborhoods that 
I think, produce a large portion of the NFL people, uh, players in the NFL. I, I don't think that whole war on football ever cracked into their community ever. Was like, it? I understand that Brett might open some other people's eyes, but I don't think there's – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, yeah, maybe down in like Orange County in Montauk, but that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Whatever, yeah. Connor, the wherever what was the school you went to? Uh, Bucky and Brian Nichols, the uh, current <laughs> offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. Are you talking about that school? <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about that school. <laughs> Is that right? Well, no, Pat. And who? I think it was Levante David who came on here who said they were doing Oklahoma drills and alleys. Yeah. Like I don't think those kids are not <laughs> playing football anymore because of the science either. No, there's there's portions of America where a lot of the NFL guys come from. Okay, I happen to be from one of them, and I'm not an actual football player. I'm just a guy who punted and kicked them. But tackle football is never going to stop. It doesn't matter how many Dr. Will Smiths come out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, it, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. it's the Brett Favre can do a young rock, all right, and have different stages of Brett do that thing, and I think that is very admirable. But I think there's going to be people that are always going to be against. Ah, that's bullshit. You know, like that. There's just always going to be that because yeah. football provides such an opportunity for a lot of things for so many people. I mean, and it, it is, and it teaches like all sports. Although, yeah, you want to keep head injuries out. You don't need. We know, like, it's not good for any young kid to to bang his head off of his teammates in practice and in games, but. It's like you got to look at everything, though. Like, think of the valuable life lessons you learn. Like, you've heard Tom Brady kind of talk about what playing football, being on a team, has done for his life and how it's affected every aspect. So, there's a lot, ton of positives, I, I didn't plenty grow of up, negatives. Hey, I didn't grow up in the football community. Yeah, that's you weird. Know? So, like, was it a, was it a culture shock to you when you actually finally were on a team in West Virginia full time? Yes. One thousand percent. It was like, golly, was it different? So- is it way different than any other sport, like being on a soccer team or anything else? Yeah, so, like, I think soccer team locker room, you know, soccer is like a marathon sport, you know? So I think everybody's, like, it's a different mentality. They're casual. It's like baseball. Like, you're casual. You have more games and just hanging out more. Yeah, it's just much more relaxed. I, I think the also the diversity, I think now it was different, you know? Like, I got a chance to play with guys that grew up in Long Island, New Jersey, and all over the place, you know? And, like, the most Middle East I, – I had some – Middle Eastern teammates and everything like that that I was teammates with, and it was interesting. You know, like it was fascinating learning about the world uh, that way. But football, you learn about America quick. Like I learned a lot more about America, I think, in a football locker room. And then the lessons that I learned, you know, through football as opposed to what the soccer environment is and the soccer culture is as opposed to the football culture. It's like I feel like I fit in. Like as soon as I went into a football locker room, I was like, oh, I feel like this is where I probably – should have been for a long time, even though I was incredibly intimidated for a while. Incredibly intimidated, just kind of quiet, did my own thing. But it felt like just like that atmosphere, not only interacting with people, but relying on people that are much different than you to do their job so that you can be happy. I mean, it's just like that locker room, the upside to being in football, I think is priceless, you know? Now granted, keep people safe, obviously. We thank everybody, you have to do that whole thing. But to your point, the ups and the pros of football together I think far outweigh the cons if treated and medically handled properly. Well, I think it's going to be yeah. hard to just keep kids away in general too. With like the NFL's growing bigger and bigger, like it's not going anywhere. Like kids are always going to want to play football, and I think at a certain point, it's just like, oh, it's so big. Like it's it's the same thing. It's like it's just what you do. AJ, if those kids don't tackle until they're 16, 15, 16, yeah. Like, are they more? Are they? 
I, I guess situations are situational. Some people will be able to pick it up like a fish to water. I yeah. get it. But, like, isn't, like, tacking, tackling recklessly also very dangerous? Like, yeah, isn't you, that a pretty dangerous thing? Yeah, I mean, you could look at it different ways. You could say, all right, if you didn't tackle till you're 16, yeah, your brain is more developed when you get there and you haven't developed bad habits to tackle. Like, you could say that, hey, we're, we don't have to, like, retrain this person to get rid of these bad habits. Or you could say, like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Like, but – some kids that learn at a young age, they learn how to like use their proper fundamentals, keep their head out of it, and do everything right. So you can look at it. I mean, it's like anything. There's it's a violent sport. You can never take all the risk out of it, but we can do whatever we can to try to make that risk as low as possible. But hey, big dudes running fast, hitting each other. It's things gonna happen, man. Where's that ride, Dell at Hawk? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I was with my son at practice that, that night, and I, I think I even mentioned like the, his Rydell. You see, it's right there. You see, you see it, buddy. Stick that up, and then James said, "Glancing blow, glancing blow." <laughs> hey, Hendricks, listen. What we need is the Rydell to stay up there and not just bash off your nose, because then you get old uh, pancake ass nose like your dad has. That's the problem. He start, He's already started to develop that, and he's actually excited for it. I'm like, all right, buddy, whatever. Once you once you get that thing going, it's gonna be bruised for the next 15 years. Hey, that nose is like cauliflower. Your football. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wait, AJ, do your kids like at recess and like in the backyard and stuff like play tackle football with other kids? Is that a thing still? They, I mean, they try to at okay. recess. Yeah. They're not allowed. But yeah, oh, they definitely try. You can't play tackle. No, not at recess. Hey, kids. We did. And then someone would get hurt and then they would say no more tackle. Or but if it was on the like concrete, digs. they would I say no like, tackle. I digs. I feel like our neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been playing tackle football like. I didn't play organized football or whatever, but in Pittsburgh, you play tackle football like whenever you're a child. Don't you play like handball or speedball? Or you guys just play the Kill game? Kill the man with the ball. There you go, oh, that yeah. game. Kill the guy with the ball. That's, the, that's the only thing you ever called it for sure, but that's a, that's what we used to do all in our backyards, <laughs> in the parks, like everywhere. There's a park behind my house we used to go play that kill the person with the yeah. football. Yeah. Great game, right? Yeah, I love that game. The um, I think that's why I tackle so good, by the way. Really? Like, Plus, you started playing with my friends when you were like a kid. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah, were always playing people twice your size like when you were younger. There's something so. to that. Facing Legit, your fears. Like, I, I felt very comfortable tackling people. Like, when I was on the high school team, as soon as I got there, I didn't go to practices. We'd kick off, and if I didn't get a touchback, like, whatever, one of the seven, ten times maybe all year that I didn't. And I I made a couple tackles, and everybody was like, what are you doing or whatever? I'm like, just fucking backyard football out here. I mean, what are we even? What are we even doing here? My form wasn't great. I mean, even whenever I was an adult playing, it was not great. But hey, listen, we're gonna have a collision. At get them down. Time. You're gonna you're gonna stick your your face in there, and you're gonna get them down. That's all that matters. Well, not always. I mean, not your face. You have to stick your face in there. Have, Just be a speed bump. Sometimes you got to be a speed bump, man. Oh, and and when you got the ball on that uh, field goal, that didn't uh, go too well. What did you take it? Fifty five yards oh, to yeah. the house from kill the carrier? Is that what it was? Yeah, that was like my first game, I think, on the football team. Long snapper launched it over the snapper's head on an extra point. Goes all the way back to like 35-40, I think. Maybe 30. What was it, Diggs? Probably 30-35. 30-35. I picked that thing up. Now, I have the ball, and there is 11 of the other team <laughs> chasing me. I do a hip toss on a guy, like a momentum hip toss on a yeah, guy. He okay. runs. I fucking dive in over the thing, score. I'm like, yo, let's give me the ball. Like, let's <laughs> give the ball a little bit. How are we doing? But it was it was crazy because the backyard football, street football, carried right into regular football for me. And it's like they can monitor all this tackling football and everything like that. But in neighborhoods, I assume people are still tackling and playing. Hopefully, hopefully that hopefully, happens. Hopefully, bro. some of them they're doing it safe. <laughs> 
Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Last a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonso at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. So, Pat... This next guy we have on, absolute stud. Been doing it for a long, long time in the NFL. Dominator in college, NFL, Browns, now Steelers. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Joe Hayden. Yeah! Joe! Joe, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How you doing, fellas? Uh, we're, do we're doing great. We're doing great. So, I know people ask you, obviously, what you're doing with... You know, the Steelers and how is Mike Tomlin? What's it like compared to Cleveland? But I want to know, what do you think of your old coach, Urban Meyer? What do you think it's going to be like in Jacksonville? And do you think that he's going to be able to win games down there? Um, I hope he does. I think the main thing is if he's going to be able to transfer that coaching mentality of, you know, he's the boss and be able to adjust to adults making more than he is uh, with, as, as the players. You know, just being that good coach in the locker room, being able to relate to the players that – have families, have kids, have things like that. So I think I think he's going to be successful with it because I think that's I think that's going to be the main adjustment for coach. Joe, I remember when you went from Cleveland to Pittsburgh. It was a big deal. It feels like you fit in perfectly over there in Pittsburgh. What has it been like to be a Pittsburgh Steeler? What's Tomlin like on the day to day? And you guys obviously have been a massive part of all the success. That defensive side of the ball has always been dogs in Pittsburgh. Yeah, man, it's. It's been amazing, you know, because, you know, being in being in Cleveland, the time that I was there, it was just a big whirlwind of just coaching change and everybody just trying to say, no, the, you know, when the new coach comes in, it was the old atmosphere, you know what I'm saying, and wanting to switch everything up. Um, but just being in Pittsburgh, having that consistent consistency, having that coach that you know, that, that word, him having those those phrases that he doesn't, doesn't move by. And, uh, you know, it's just really, really good having a coach like Coach T. He's very relatable. He keeps it very, very black and white. Uh, the tape doesn't lie, and he's able to just judge you on that. And uh, 
I, I appreciate him because, you know, just having that and having a real, just a man, a leader of men. I think he's just a leader of men, and it's, a, it's great to have him. Hey, Joe, let's say you're playing against one of these these young stud receivers that get drafted high. I'm sure you've played against, obviously, a ton of them over your time. Do you go back and watch a lot of their college tape when you don't have any NFL tape or you have very little NFL film on them? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's <laughs> I watched them back in the day when they were playing um, in college football. Like, you know, the young receivers that are, that are good. I think once they're out there, the slants are slants. Like, how many times you give me a different type of slant, different posts? You know, the releases or whatever. But, you know, I, I, I really just I, – I watch the tape and I watch the, the schemes mostly. Do you – yeah, I mean, hey, that's smart. You, it, it seems to have worked so far, Joe, so just continue the, the good work <laughs> on your side. Uh, have you noticed, though, from when you got in the league until now, are guys like more – Are I guess you say, are they more prepared when they show up now compared to maybe 10, 11 years ago? It seems like these guys are making an impact day one. Um, I think, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think when, when I came out, it was, it was, we had uh, Julio, AJ, Jeez. those dudes were really, really league ready instantly as soon as they came out. So I think it, it, it's a lot more of these dudes now you can find in later rounds that are instantly ready to play. Um, so I think, you know, every, it, it, and then obviously when I first got in the league, the biggest change is you can't touch anybody. You can't touch these receivers anywhere after. You can't press them on the line, grabbing the jerseys. It's going to be an offensive pass. I mean, so, defensive pass. So now it's more of a, a, a scheme reading, a more of a, a route concept reading game. So you got to just be more. It's more above above the neck. Joe, obviously vet now. How do these joint practices not end in a brawl every time? <laughs> Honestly, I, I have no idea how they. Like, yesterday there was five with the Tampa Bay and Tennessee thing. Rams Raiders got shut down because there were too many fights. There is jobs on the table. There are lives being different. I don't know how that isn't a fight every single time. Are you more mature than we are? Because we've been asking that question every single time, basically. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of it, honestly, because you know it gets it gets intense on your own training camps when Coach T says, "I want tough guys, but we're not trying to make a UFC team here, so I want no fights." <laughs> get what he's coming from so when you're doing it against your team there's still little scuffles that we have on our team you know what i'm saying but when i was with cleveland i did one joint practice we were against, against tampa bay and one-on-one it just is way more personal you're going against a whole nother team you know what i'm saying it's, it's a game and it's practice so you know you're not going to get kicked out and you got dudes on your teams that are real goons against other dudes that are like testing each other's manhood so, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it is so i'm i'm not a real fan of joint practices Hey, that real goons thing, you know, I think people forget that they, there are some actual goons in the NFL. Like, there are guys, surprisingly uh, enough, yeah. that make a living hitting people in the NFL. Like, I, I think that gets forgotten sometimes. Yeah, there's dudes on the team that were really, they, they, they really look forward to it. Hey, uh, speaking of real goons, Boston Connor, you got a question? <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, AJ. I appreciate it. Yeah, Joe, not many guys can play at the level you had at corner for this long. You see the transition to safety a lot. Have you ever thought about doing that later on in your career? Or are you going to play corner until the wheels fall off? I'm playing outside corner until the wheels fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I told my dudes, you know, I've been fortunate enough, you know, saying made a couple dollars. So, uh, until when the team tells me that I'm no longer going to be able to one of the two outside corners, nickel's not a thing I'm looking to do or or safety. What's up, Diggs? You got something? Yeah, Joe. Uh, so you obviously were in Cleveland for a while. Not a lot of wins over there when you were there. Now we have a guy 
who's also making a similar transition from Cleveland to Jacksonville, now to the Steelers. Have you talked to Joe Sherbert, Schobert and told him, you know, what it's like to go from not winning a lot of games to going to a team that hasn't had a losing season in 17 years? Uh, I, I just kind of told him, you know, because we, we actually crossed paths one year in Cleveland together. Um, so I know Joe, and then when he came here, I just told him, He's a smart football player, and the one thing about it is once you learn the scheme here, I've been in this game now for five years, so you're able to really just start wondering what the offense is doing. You're not worried about the plays that's called. Once the play's called, you're figuring out. You're just so many steps ahead when you're not learning a new system, when you're not learning a new scheme, the terminology is the same. So I told Joe, like, listen, once you get this terminology down, it's not going nowhere, so you're going to be able to be a great player. Like, you can play fast. So he's such a smart player. So I think he's going to be able to. He can tell already that it's just a, it's just it's a different vibe. Hey Joe, what, what about this this new taunting rule and the point of emphasis? And they we see it. It seems crazy if they're going to really enforce it like they are. How worried are you? And, and how much I guess has your team like talked about? It? Are they trying to address it in team meetings when the refs come in at practice? Are they really trying to to drive it home that you can't do this? Uh, Coach T, yeah, he he does a good job, but he just says that he wants us to make sure that when we address, it's more towards your team. You know what I'm saying? Making sure that when you do show your how hype you are, just do it with your team, celebrating with your team, trying to keep that emotion addressed towards your team. Because when you start putting it towards, when you start looking down on the other team, that's when they're ready to start throwing the flags in. It is what it is. Coach T, that's why I love Coach T. He's trying to coach. He's like this. I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. So you don't, you're not going to get us flagged. Hey, shouldn't, Joe, don't you think with how long you've been, in the NFL now, congrats, by the way. Fucking impossible <laughs> yeah. to have a great career as long as you have, let alone at corner and at the level you've played. And by the way, I hope you get the bag yet again. But, like, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it fascinating that couldn't they have just told the coaches to tell the players this? Putting it in the ref's hands, I think, is just such a problem. Like, the pass interference rule, which affects you a lot, whenever we were able to review that for one season, even though they completely fucked it up, like, I think that is something that we should be – we should be trying to help these refs as opposed to put them in more situations to fuck over the game. I, I might be wrong there, but I think, like, Coach Tomlin addressing it to the team is a lot better than the refs being allowed to, to kind of address it. You know, Joe? Yeah, no, I feel you 1,000%. I think there's a, a, there's a lot of a gray area when you put it in the referee's hands. And then when you – I think the coaches being able to address it to you, letting you know that in situations in practice, just being able to – you know what I'm saying – uh, coach it up, coach it up in those situations. So I think that uh, the refs it, having it in their hands is a little great, but you know it is what it is. Let's just try to address, keep that energy with your team. How do you not get a pass interference every play? <laughs> <laughs> well, you Legit. can't. You li- literally, you got to make sure that you you got to you got to start reading routes. You got to start reading routes, playing off of them, marrying marrying their footsteps. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to tell them when I first came in the league. They were teaching us when, when the receivers lean on them, grab low. You get a low tug. You know what I'm saying? They don't call it a low tug. Now, like, if you would low tug, it's, it, you're getting hit with so much laundry. So now I'm like, <laughs> you just literally have to play footwork. And I, and the coaches, they understand that. It's the lockdown corner where you could just jam them over the line, pressing them everywhere. I mean, that's still that's still a good. I respect Jalen, all the dudes, uh, Jahari Alexander, the dudes that are following. That is still a real thing. But it's. It's barely impossible now to be able to make sure nobody catches the ball for the whole game. Now, you, you said you, you got to really study route combinations, and I'm sure you're studying splits and all these things are giving you an idea of what's to come. I guess if you 
how has that changed over your time in the league? Did, when you came in the league, did you know that? Were you already aware of, hey, this is they got this this formation? They only can run two or three routes. Like they only have certain things, or is that something you've learned over your time? Oh man, I learned that over my time. I was <laughs> I was out there my rookie year. I was trying to study film. I didn't know really what I was watching. I was just watching a bunch of plays. Yeah. <laughs> Watching, okay, I'm, I'm watching tape, but I was working on my athletic ability. I was out there one on ones. I was figuring out what the, what our defensive call was. Had a million things going through my head, and then I was like, "He's not going to catch the ball," you know, in man. So yeah. weren't worried about blitz too much, but just playing off natural ability. Now it's moving so much slower, and in the man coverage is with splits and looking at what they're coming out in, and just knowing the probabilities. It's just it's completely different. We were talking earlier about how. Uh, like even at punting position, me watching Adam Vinatieri practice with like some intentionality kind of mm-hmm. changed the way that I like I wish I would have known how to practice earlier in my career in all my sports as opposed to just football. AJ talked about how in college Fickle helped him work on some things. How are you? In, are you a practice every rep matters guy or do you let's get this Sunday at this point in your career? How do you view your day to day, Joe? I do a little bit of both. Coach does a good job with just the, the, the vet days. You know what I'm saying? When I'm out there, I'm out there. You know what I'm saying? But getting the day off here and there, you know what I'm saying, just the rest of the body. But I'm really big in on, you know, like Coach said, I, I love to make practice perfect. I love to make sure all of the checks, I love to know my shit. I love to make sure people know around me that I know what's going on. So if you're in the game with me, I think one person like I like to shout out Minka is Patrick. Hope he's going to get the bag next year, obviously. Baller. <laughs> This dude, he's he reminds me of just the young me wanting to be the best he can be. Doesn't really say too much of nothing, and just is football. You know what I'm saying? And just a baller. So seeing dudes like that, they keep me young. They keep me wanting to continue to do it the way I'm doing it. And I think that's why I'm able to play so long. You get the young dudes that come in, and you can't ever feel complacent. You can't ever get complacent. Uh, somebody's coming in the next year to take my spot for way less money <laughs> you know what I'm saying the Steelers they're working a the business if I wasn't making plays I wouldn't still be here Diggs what do you got hey Joe I need to know how's how's Seven's arm looking oh it's looking sweet it's looking sweet I, I'm, I'm really happy for him man I mean I think that he he took a lot of breaths like just with his recovery he did a he took a lot of throws during last offseason and I think this offseason he took a lot of time off just to get rest on his arm so his arm looks definitely fresh I don't know how many more years going through forward, but right now, my man Ben looks good. Hey, Ty Schmidt hey, has something. I'm sorry. Go ahead, AJ. What's up, Ty? You got it. Joe, we talked to a lot of guys last year about how different things were with the COVID year with no one being in the crowd. Like, Was there anything you gained from that? Like, Could you hear offenses a little bit easier? Uh, and like, did, Was it easier maybe than like a typical year in the league uh, or, or not? And are you ready for the fans to be back? I'm a thousand percent ready for the fans to be back. I think the one thing it was, it was a lot easier for defensive muni- communication on away games. You know, we, I mean, on home, on home games, when, when our crowd would be going crazy, when the offense was out there, we couldn't really hear and make communication uh, with defensive players. I think that was one of the only things, but I'd much rather the fans, the energy, uh, the pre warmups, just having the people out there. I mean, it's during the preseason, it's just, it, it reminded me just having. Doing a Hall of Fame game, just being out there, that how much fans really bring to the game. You know, just having them out there, you feel like you're performing. Like, it is what it is. Like, you're obviously, when they weren't there, it's a business. You're going to make sure your tape matters. You're performing because this is what you do, it's your job, you're professional. But 
that extra that you get when everybody's out there and they're screaming and going crazy and like that blood flow, I mean, you can't you can't buy that. I think the vets suffered more than the young guys, obviously, because when you're young, you still have that, you know, youthful energy, like, oh, I'm in the NFL, I'm in the NFL. The vets were like, all right, I'm about to run my face into a guy. I need a little bit of energy from the crowd. This would be nice. It's amazing you guys got through there. Uh, Is there any wide receivers that don't get talked about for being as good as they are? Obviously, there's the guys that we all talk about. But is there anybody that you've gone against? You're like, you know what, there, there's not a lot of conversation about dude, but dude is a absolute baller. I say probably, well, maybe, I think Stephon Diggs probably gets his love. Uh, Keenan Allen, um, I think he needs to get more love as far as just up the top, one of the best receivers. Um, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, who else we got? What makes a guy hard? Is it the routes? Is it the size, the speed? What is it? It's, it's it's a little bit of everything. It's everything. It's everything they can do. Cause you know when I'm 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 outside, so I'm covering those X's. And if they like like Julio Jones has been one of the best for a long time. They are big, strong, fast, can run good routes, physical at the catch point. And when we say when it sounds cliche, but they can really do all of that stuff. <laughs> I mean, hey, they, you're gonna get gone out there sometime. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. Lo- looking back like where's Minka. Yeah. <laughs> you ever uh, you ever get uh, do you ever watch guys on TV when they're playing and you see them get beat deep and you watch them all grab the old hammy and pull that old patented move like oh man here we go it caught me it, it grabbed on me again. Yes. Oh no, that's for sure. I've seen it. I'm not pulling that because I already know I don't want everybody anybody to ever say that about me. There if I go. get beat, I get beat as a man. I like it. I like it. Do you have a favorite interception out of all of them? Is there one that you really love? Oh my gosh! I think the my my Tom Brady one that I had with the Steelers probably 2018. That was one. Of, that was my that was my favorite. You get him one. to sign it? No. Respect <laughs> <laughs> that man like that. Hey, that's like I got a chance. I got chance. I got a chance to watch Peyton operate for a couple of years, you know. And I watched somebody walk up to him with a football that they picked off from him in that game and asked him to sign it. And I was like, how is this going to go? I like imagine if Peyton was like, hey, why don't you get the fuck out of my face? (laughs) What did he do? I think he signed it. I think he was like very nice because it was one of those moments where it was like kind of awkward. You know, like there's a camera, bad guy if he doesn't, you know, like I think it was a full scene. It was a full scene out there. Hey, why are those quarterbacks better? Why are the greats great, like a quarterback position in your eyes? Like Ben obviously is going to be a Hall of Famer, but what separates like a a quarterback that can really do it, you think, pre-snap, post-snap, and what separate – what is like – what the young quarterbacks, what's the graduation, you think, trait that they kind of get as they grow older? I think the one thing is uh, understanding defenses and definitely being able to throw people open. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the one part that – all great quarterbacks do it's, it's a lot of good defenses it's a lot of people that are playing in and like tight windows but the great ones great 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 passes are always going to be great coverage so them being able to put balls and be able to have you know what i'm saying the the confidence in their receivers to be able either he's going to catch this ball or it's going to be out of bounds being able to take those chances knowing matchups sometimes if you are looking out there in the game i'm like dude Ben is the dude's like, all right, he's on him. I'm going to go there. You know what I'm saying? There's certain situations that I'm just telling. Sometimes it's that easy that just dudes are just thinking uh, the game is so big and so much going on. The, the great ones are like this. All right, matchups, ball placement. I'm like, that is just, <laughs> just kind of seems simple. But if a quarterback has so much going through their head, they get get to thinking about too much. 
Hey, last thing here from me, but uh, when you see these quarterbacks and they come in, and like Pat said, like you describe well, like what the great ones do. Can you see that early on from day one, or are there people that early on you're like, oh, this guy's trash, and then he becomes an all-pro and is a stud? Like, do you see big jumps, or can you usually tell right away? Um, usually, usually you can tell pretty quick. You know, uh, with the quarterback, I mean, you're not gonna you you've been you've been playing this position your entire, your entire life. <laughs> Once you get there, once you get to the league, I mean, it's kind of you kind of got it or you don't. Yeah. I guess it just. Are you eyes on quarterback when you play? What'd you say? Are you out eyes on quarterback or is that just zone guys? I mean, that's you, d- depending on the coverage. Depending on the coverage. I'm mostly all the time. I, when I'm off, I always have eyes on the quarterback for the first three, even on man's three, three step for the first three. I'm always quarterback on man or zone. Okay. That's hey, Joe, good. thank you for your time here, man. You've been awesome. Sorry about that, AJ. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. It. Hey, Joe, so, yeah, we're, we're going to let you roll here, but we definitely want to thank you guys. Thank you for your time, man. We appreciate it, and you're going to have a great year. Hopefully you get a big old deal, get some big-time <laughs> money here coming yeah. up shortly. Yeah, that's right, man. You're still doing it 12 years in. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Hayden. Yeah! Uh, this desk is just giving me a nightmares. And, your um, face is eating. Those glasses. <laughs> no, they feel very tight. Obviously, I need to find. Can you get? You have them for like wider heads and actually big heads. I know you got a tall head, not as wide as mine. Those ones don't fit me either, pal. I, to be honest, I don't know where my glasses went that did fit. I've been looking for them for two, three months on that table. I have no idea where they're at. Oh, okay. Hey, what do you think General Bob wants us to get into with him? Why are you bringing more shit into my area? <laughs> Keep the sharing. Oh, I'm going to throw oh. I was just going to throw it a little bit. Hell yeah. All right. Hey, you can do whatever you want over there, pal. You're doing a great job. You're supposed to bop it, though, I think, right? Mm. Isn't it a bop? Oh, oh yeah. for Aussie Rules Football? Yeah, it's uh, a bop. It's a bop. Hey, has bop. maybe a quick pivot, but has Roman reached out to you at all and said great job on that herpes commercial that you guys filmed? I think every time I'm sitting on waiting to come on the show, that, that commercial runs. And you talk about just everything you do. I just really enjoy how you you go knock out herpes. You know, oh, coming too fast, and you have like <laughs> you have things for everything. You have answers for everything. It seems like. Yeah, don't come too quick. It's not me that has all the answers. It's Roman. And by the way, that thing was supposed to be one of those pre-roll commercials on YouTube. So that was going to be like the first time we were like forced onto people. You know, normally this show is like, hey, you find us, you get here. Congratulations, right? Like that was going to be the first one where I'm kind of like SmackDown. I'm kind of forced on people, I guess. I'm not somebody that's good being forced on people. SmackDown was not great early. It's an okay college game. Does that one? They like tasked us with making this thing, and I'm like, absolutely, let's do it. We're real excited. Filmed it. Had uh, Ben Stonium cut it together, voiceover piece it together. We're still the only motherfuckers that play it. Nobody else plays it. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing. That should run on, like, you know, should run on like on NBC when they're should. Olympic coverage. They Ooh. should run that Roman ad. They get so many, so many people would sign up. That was the purpose of the ad. I was very. I want to let you know that did come from the mind of McAfee. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. I was very proud of that. I thought I was going to win a fucking advertising award. Uh, that's literally what I thought was going to happen. It. It only runs on our thing, so hey. kind of a waste, but Roman's not. Roman will fucking make you better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roman will make you better, and hey, Pat, so speaking of someone that definitely is not busting too early, we have a guy next that <laughs> no has He's figured all night out long. <laughs> marathon sessions. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are not going to make him wait any longer. Please... 
Put your hands together for General Bob Carpenter. Here we go. The boys are saluting you, Bob, in case you haven't seen him. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, General. Connor, I appreciate that. Bob, what's happening, man? I see you this week. Tank top. You look a little different than Pat looks in the tank top. How's it going, man? What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to put the tank top on in honor of solidarity for Pat. I mean, you know, I know he's not in Indy. He's not in the Midwest. He's gallivanting around Southwest, getting into all kinds of trouble out there. And, you know, I just I wanted to make sure that I felt like I was doing doing him justice by coming on after getting a chance to hang out at your place and, you know, figure, learning about all the crazy things that he's into and you guys having this awesome conversation about Roman and really stamina and everything. And here's one thing you didn't know, Pat, is that AJ gave me uh, – one of his fish officially endorsed uh, nightstand tripods, actually, for Courtney and I's birthday, or for my birthday. And, like, it's great. You can pop that thing up. So you can take your Roman to the next level. Then you set that right there, and you can just lock in on it all evening. And so you can really take it to the tape the next day and figure out, hey, this was working, this wasn't. And, yeah. I mean, that's the secret to having four kids. Pat, I mean, AJ did it. He shared with me. We got four kids as well because – you're always going to be getting better. So I haven't come yet, so that's why I haven't had a kid. Oh yeah. So yeah, Roman, I will watch the tape, but it's just—it's never ending. You know, it's just never ending. My wife's waiting for one day. She's obviously spectacular, but we're still both virgins. So maybe one day we'll get into it. We'll uh, dive into the Ohio uh, uh, pool of water where it's just let's create as many kids as possible, and that's what you guys have done. And I respect and appreciate the hell out of that. Yeah, I love it, Pat. I mean, most people, you know, if they're you know, religious and you have your different you know traditions and everything else, and you want to you know save yourself for marriage, I appreciate that. Very few people do that that I talk to though save themselves during marriage. Like that's that is definitely a first for me. So I'm gonna have to kind of pick your brain on that and, and maybe see where we're going with that because I I think it might be revolutionary. You know where we're going? Fucking heaven, pal. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, I hate to pivot off of this, Bob, but um, Quinn Ewers, he's on campus in Ohio State. The kid took the internet by storm with his sweet bleached mullet. Have you seen him? What's he looked like? And what do you think their plan is for him this year at Ohio State? So I have not seen him at practice. Well, I guess he was there the one day. It was pouring down rain. I want you to imagine this. You know, he's from South Lake, Texas. It's like 100 degrees there. It's sunny all the time. The first day he gets here, AJ, I think was last uh, maybe Come Wednesday, on, whatever. The day we had that damn monsoon, and it's just pouring down rain. It's like <laughs> 65 degrees. I think like, man, this guy probably wants to get back on his truck and get the heck out of here. Like, what <laughs> What did I sign up for? But he looks terrific. That mullet's flowing. It's looking golden. Um, you know, he obviously looks like a high school kid because that's what he is. But, I mean, I think this is the new era, man. I mean, people are able to profit off their name, image, and likeness, get to school a little early, and they pay for your school. You can learn a little football, get paid to do it. Like, I don't, I don't see any losers. General Bob, the only loser that you have led an army into was uh, the Big Ten commissioner, right? I mean, he didn't want to play football. And I know in the presidential campaign, there was uh, one particular person that said, I brought back football in the Big Ten. And we all quickly were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, whoa. General Bob Carpenter brought back Big Ten football. And you were really boots on the ground. You have a morning show there in Columbus, a lot of college football conversation. We appreciate everything you've done, but the college football landscape is about to change. I guess there's a Pac-12, Big Ten, an SEC 
press conference coming up, I, I think, and we talked to Herb Street about the realignment. He was talking about how there's probably going to be four players in this thing. The playoffs going to go. What are your thoughts as a guy who is fully invested in college football on what the future of college football looks like right now? Well, I think it's kind of trending towards NFL light. It depends on how greedy some of these schools want to be. And if you're you're an elite program, you know, let's say for argument's sake, maybe there's between 18 and 30, and they want to form their own league. Say, hey, we're going to do the NFL deal right now. We're going to have our own TV rights agreement. We're going to skim everything off the top, and we'll just keep like six billion dollars for ourselves and divide it, you know, amongst our our teams. They could do that. I think this alliance that you're kind of alluding to between the Pac-12, Big Ten, and I think ACC, you know, they kind of want to slow that down and keep it kind of where it is and look at expansion for the playoffs and everything and make sure they're doing it the right way. But you know, I hear this like the alliance. I mean, I thought a conference was an alliance, and you have that. And they're saying this, and meanwhile, you know, Bob Bowlesby and Greg Sankey are working together trying to bring football back. All the while, Greg Sankey's, like, got the poison pill in there to be able to just pull over Texas and OU. <laughs> so, you know, he's just, like, cuckled him from right out from under him. So I, I guess I'm looking at this. I don't know if you're a big Office fan. You know, this is kind of like the Office alliances I feel like we've got going on with, like, you know, Jim and Dwight and, you know, Kevin and everything else that's going on. I, I, I don't really know how it makes any sense. I thought a conference – was an alliance maybe this is more like a uh more like a pack you know uh american pie like yeah like american pie pack like we're gonna go on senior trip and lose our virginity together you know you can aj show pat how that's done and maybe that's kind of the alliance the pack that they're trying to form i I don't know okay bob you, you played for the uh the detroit lions for a little bit i know Motor City Dan Campbell is the head coach. He's made a lot of headlines. Another head coach that makes some headlines, Nick Sirianni in Philly. Sometimes we get we play a lot of clips from both of those guys. Out of those two guys, who do you think has success first? Or do you think both of them could be successful? Do you think both of them may stink? Like, What do you think the outlook is for both of those guys? Here's the thing. Dan Campbell plays the meathead, and he is a meathead like deep down. But he's also a smart meathead. Like, he does the meathead thing so that people just kind of disregard him and think that he's an idiot. And then that's a great way to avoid tough questions because they're asking him about biting kneecaps and all the other nonsense. He relates to his players really well. He talks about toughness, and they're doing up-downs. But from everything I've heard out of Detroit, all those guys really love him there. They call him a fre- breath of fresh air. You would love him. The dude loves the party. Like, he, he is kind of circa Mike Vrabel. They're very similar. Really cerebral guys. Very intelligent, uh, but they love to party. Dan, I never played with him, but he lived in Dallas in the offseason because that's where he came from before he went to Detroit as a player. I mean, he'd be out there, you know, chugging Jack, ripping heaters. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Great, great story. And so, Pat, you don't have, you know, you've never had sex, so you don't have kids yet. Um, Dan Campbell, we went to this, uh, to this, like, this exact straight down. We went to this concert out in like East Texas, probably an hour and a half away from Dallas on a Saturday night. You know, we're young. Courtney and I didn't have any kids. We both go. It's a bunch of guys. I think maybe one other wife went. And we go see this like kind of, you know, up-and-coming country band. Couldn't even remember who it was. But it's in the middle of nowhere. Imagine a city like in between Indianapolis and Columbus, excluding Dayton. And that's basically where this was. So we're getting ready to roll up. We got a bus. It's like 12 o'clock. Hey, Dan, we're getting out of here. It's Saturday night. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. Dan's got two kids, his lovely wife, Holly, back at home. And he's like, I'm going to stay here with the band. And I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? Like, how, what? Dude, you're an hour and a half from Dallas. There's no Uber that's even coming out here. This is like 2007. 
we try to beat on him. Like, dude, Witten's there with us. He's like, listen, man, come on, being the good friend. You'll thank me for this tomorrow. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Like, rips a pole of Jack. Like, I'll see you guys later. And my man stayed there. And somehow he's still married. His wife didn't leave him after that, which must be a testament to how smooth a talker he is. Because, dude, when you're, you're rolling in the next day at noon as, like, a 32-year-old man with a couple of kids on Mother's Day, and she didn't know you were going to be gone all night. My gosh, dude, I don't know what type of game you have or what you might be able to say to get you out of that one. I'll tell you what, man. What did he say to his wife, Ty? I drank too much fucking Jack, man. What do you want me to do? Right? <laughs> Had one too many Marlboro Reds, man. You've been there. Hey, the band was crushing, wasn't it, Coach? Oh, it was good. It Those was guys good. know how to rip heaters, man. Rip heaters and drink Jack. That's Hell what I yeah. love to do, man. <laughs> That's a pretty good Dan Campbell, I'll, I'll admit. I mean, he, he's kind of like circa the dude, you know, meets like, I don't know, some sort of meathead football weightlifter because he's got a very big Lebowski-ish look. I mean, it's it's a fantastic thing that he's got going. And, yeah, I mean, he might he's the type of dude, if you've ever met, that would have a chew and a cigarette at the same time. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know? Yes! I love this guy. Yes. That's kind of like, I call that the boiler maker of nicotine. You know, you're going to drop a shot in a beer. Douche, and a, douche. And a and a dip at the same time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, you really don't know which band that was, though? I, dude, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I was half in the bag anyway. And like, we had we had a bus taking us back. We didn't have any kids. Like, I'm sleeping in. I, Eli Young or something. I, 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 dude, it was like a smaller Texas deal, and he was. It was a great crew, man. Donnie Nelson, the GM for the Mavs, was there with us. Wow. Went and we had probably ten people, man. It was a good time. The GM. Bob, okay, go, Bob. You're the most interesting human I've ever met. I think. I, I mean, just a week ago or two weeks ago. You were in a full Tarzan costume, balls out and everything for a circus to raise money for the Ohio State, I think, Children's Hospital. You had military-grade boots on. You were cutting promos all night. You are a fantastic human being. Has anybody ever approached you for, like, a reality show, anything like that? I assume that that has to happen on a regular basis. Uh, Listen, man, I don't know if I can handle a reality show. I don't know if my, my wife can handle me being on a reality show. Joey Galloway used to work out with AJ and I. Him and Braves would come back. And Joey, Joey always said I should be a pro wrestler. And, like, Laronitis would back that up. But, I mean, Pat, you do that. I, mean, I can't imagine traveling around doing that every single week. My body feels bad enough as it is right now after just playing football. You know, it, it's, it's beaten to, to a pulp. But maybe some reality TV. I mean, I don't know. I could probably handle some of that. God, you're the best. Hey, Go ahead, AJ. So Bob played for the Patriots. Huge Patriots fan here. Connor has a question for you, Bob. Bob, yeah, you played right. for the Patriots. I knew that. Did you uh, ever have any runs in with Bill Belichick? And did you guys have any uh, back and forth MCDC-esque? Or no, was it strictly business over there? MC- I don't even know what that last thing meant. MCDC. What was yeah, like Bill play? ripping cigs, you ripping cigs, you guys just talking, yeah, shooting the shit. Oh. <laughs> Listen, the best part about Bill Belichick is he's the same guy you see on television in the meetings. Like, I almost started laughing on our – Monday morning rip session. I mean, Pat and AJ know what that is. You come in there, the coaches have their film. What the hell are we doing, Tom? Like, he just starts yelling. We talked about this all week, and we sucked it off right here in front of everybody. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like, I'm almost dying. It's so, it was comical because it's so so satirical that you think it can't, couldn't be real. Um, but I enjoyed it up there. I mean, he, 
he's a little bit different. He goes about things a different way. My dad played up with the Giants when he was up there, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. And I think Bill told me, he's like, you're not going to be a smart-ass like Vrabel, are you? Like, <laughs> just knowing a bunch of guys, like, that's just kind of how it goes. But Bill, uh, he's one of the best. I'm telling you this, if you're a Pats fan, they'll be better this year. Like, they're going to they're gonna be a 10-win okay. team or more, and they'll challenge Buffalo because Bill Belichick is too smart to have them playing poorly again. Hey, speaking of another – famous bill you played for bill parcells you were drafted by bill parcells what was he like is he i know your dad played for him as well so you knew a little bit going into it but was it what you expected yeah you know what's amazing is bill belichick's always the schematic guy you know he's not great on the you know, maybe the personal relationships as you can imagine he's not like the most touchy-feely warm guy in the world uh but when you you think about parcells everybody looks at him as like this you know evil guy tough it's hard to handle he is one of the greatest guys dealing with relationships and being able to motivate players that you're ever going to find. And you know, two quick stories on it. You know, the late great Terry Glenn, you know, AJ, the Ohio State Blitnikoff winner. He's like in his twelfth year in Dallas when I'm down there, and we're playing in the playoffs. You know, he comes in, and Terry would get there. You know, you guys, you all know we're supposed to be there. You know, ninety minutes before the game or two hours or whatever it is. Terry would show up like forty-five minutes before the game. I'm not kidding you. Like in street clothes, get taped up, throw his stuff on and just walk out there. And so in his locker, Bill had gotten a thing of Buckeye leaves and puts it on there as AJ's lost interest already. <laughs> he puts this thing on there and he's like, hey, and on, there's a little notepad in his locker. It says, earn these tonight. So Terry, being Terry, doesn't care about getting fined, peels those Buckeye leaves off, like slaps them on the back of his helmet, goes out and has a great game. You know, and it's like, that, that's the kind of stuff he does. And uh, with I think that was like the last game. And then my rookie year of playoffs for playing Seattle, it's the infamous like Romo snap game. And we're standing there in the tunnel and I'm right beside him getting ready to run out. And this is kind of how Bill, he knew everybody. He'd find out what exactly made you tick. And he looks over at me. He's like, you ready to go? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Playoffs ready as I'll ever be. And just stares back at me. Your dad used to play big in games like this. And I kind of look away. And I look back, and he had just walked off. And I'm like, okay, thanks for giving me that to chew on here for the next, like, 60 minutes. <laughs> out, you know? But he knew, like, he knew that that would get me juiced up and get me going, like, inside. So that's, that's the type of stuff that he would find ways for every guy to, like, just needle you just enough to bring you where you could really play your best. What an incredible motivator. When were you drafted? Where were you drafted at? What was the uh, number? Uh, 2006, I think, pick 18. I want to say that cool. was, uh, yeah, so, it wasn't bad. So AJ won five overall. You won 18, and now Schlegel's being tasked with building the Jacksonville Jaguars down there. Are you guys the most legendary linebacker core in the history of college football? Uh, you know, famous, maybe infamous. I think we did actually get on the cover of uh, the USA Today sports section, and so I got that, like, my mom's got, like, framed and hanging in her house. Uh, but we had, we had a good crew, man. AJ and I are probably the two tamest, too. I mean, Schlegs, he's, he's truly a wild man. Oh! If he had, if he had, what the heck is going on back there? My gosh. We're good. Can we get the pack? Can you get this guy together? He can destroy your studio. I mean, you're a professional. I can't help with this shoddy craftsmanship back here. There you go, Bob. Shoddy craftsmanship. This is what we wanted. We wanted to see this. Hey, they wanted me to grab this. I didn't know it was tucked behind some... Like 300 things, but here you go, Bob. This is for you. That was for you. Oh, way to awesome. go. Big payoff. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Big payoff. 
Slugs is the big meatball. Dude, you can put him on like a flat bottom boat, drop him in the middle of the Amazon, like have him go hunt alligators and wild boar and boa constrictors and everything. I mean, he's like the modern day kind of John Rambo, uh, just not as lean and with like a big box meaty jaw and a super hairy back. Can he fix a fucking framed jersey? I mean, <laughs> Somehow it this didn't is break. Unbelievable, AJ. What is you wanted more of you, huh? Take down the jersey so we can see you taking a shit. Hey, for the record. Connor was getting my attention Whoa. off camera like this. He's doing, hey, hey, hey. And he pointed. He kept pointing. He said, cereal box, cereal box. And I'm like, all right, well, I assume it's right here. Nope. It's tucked behind 400 other <laughs> random pieces of clutter that you have here. So, therefore, something my shoulder might have popped your jersey or whatever happened. Not true. So, that, you know what? This is why I got confused, Pat. Is cereal box, I've heard over overspoken you know, before I kind of was able to eavesdrop on him and Laura. That's their actual safe word for the autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> stuff. So he, he got really flustered and got confused. I knew it was tight right there. Trying to feed her on pleasure and pain. It's, it's a tough deal. <laughs> so he heard Connor say that and just panicked. <laughs> oh my God. I, you're right. I heard my safe word and I just freaked out. Right, Bob? I, Bob, before you, like, as you started that, I knew it was going somewhere like that. I really did. I had a good feeling of it. But hey, real quick, Diggs, huge Steelers fan. He said he has a question for you right now. I do. Uh, we were just talking about Jacksonville. Are you shocked? Like, absolutely floored and shocked that Tim Tebow didn't make that football team? We are. No, no, because here's the thing. Like, Urban Meyer's getting paid a hell of a lot of money to be a football coach. And, you know, guys know, like, the room doesn't lie. You can't lie to the room. And everybody knows, like, Tim's a good athlete. He's strong. He can move a little well. But he's doing something. Like, it would be like asking Pat to come back and play tight end. Like, that's nothing. Quarterback in is like a specialist position. You're not out there hitting people and doing any of that stuff. Like, it's so much different than what it would be normally. I know, Pat, yeah, you used to probably work in there in the special team meeting room. Get your kick slides, you know, work in that. Make sure you can get a good release. So you, you got it down. Um, and I think that they knew, like, he's 35 years old. Like, at the end of the day, he's 35. That's that's a great kick slide, too, sir. You're looking good. He's 35. Yeah. And you, just, you can't run anymore, man. You can't run. You get tired. You get beaten down. I mean, there's days I wake up in the morning and feel like I played a game, and you know the, the most exercise I had was walking up the stairs. Well, I tell you what, Bob. I don't think Pat has anything more for you. He's out out of breath from uh, showing off his kick slide. But Bob, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for wearing a tank top. Sorry that there was a bunch of. Uh, random people trying to distract you during this. I was trying to stay dialed in with you, but these guys were trying to distract me. Pat's got something quick. Uh, thank you for mentioning the word cuck, autoerotic <laughs> asphyxiation, um, and many other things to the show. I really appreciate when you Ohio guys show up. Well, I appreciate that. And one other thing, Pat, you know, I heard you said you don't like to force yourselves on people, yourself on people, which I think that's really good. I mean, the Bill Cosby method is not the way for you, and you're keeping it between the lines, man. That's well done. That's the show. All right. Thanks, Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Carpenter. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. 
Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> Hey, you know what's not on that desk is somebody that hosts a show on a daily basis. There's no sexism, racism, misogyny, nothing on that desk, by the way. That's Great. how we like still, keep it around here. Still Hell yeah. With me, all right, same thing with me. What do you mean? What are you trying to say? No, I don't know about your desk. I'm just talking about my fucking desk. Yeah. All right. I'm just, I don't want to speak for other people, but, you know, I'm just talking about for me personally as a show host yeah. on a daily basis. There ain't none of that on my shit. Nope, I agree. I'm with you. We were fighting the good fight. That's why you lashed out at Connor earlier, right? Well, I lashed out at Connor just strictly because what he represents is what people are saying on the internet. This is an internet show. It's not his fault. I just, it was something I had to get in. Like his look, the look of Connor with his sweet little faded mullet, or just uh, just what he is, like his essence? His mullet's unbelievable. It's just where he's from. It it gets a bad rap. And I'm just saying, if, if Connor likes Mac Jones more than Cam Newton, I'm just telling you what everybody else from New England has been hearing whenever they say something similar to that from everybody else. That's all. I'm just trying to keep people informed on why and what. Cam's playing great football. Let's not talk about that, though. No. Let's talk about a guy hiring himself and then, then firing himself. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're speaking of Mike Richards, who we teased before we went to Scumbag. break. So Mike Richards, he was a longtime producer for Jeopardy. He got named the host, and before, like a couple of days after he has named the the full-time host, he retires or resigns, correct? So he's not the producer even anymore. So he went from, hey, I got this cushy gig. Oh, cool. I'm the next Alex Trebek. Oh, wait, I don't have a job. <laughs> yep. That's where we are uh, right quick, now. Quick question. When you're the guy in charge of firing people at the hosting position and you're also the host and you quit, are you quitting before you can fire yourself? Genius. Because ah, Stan's a move. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, it's like you didn't yeah, dump me. I didn't get me. fired. I quit. Like Who I dumped fired you? you? Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's yeah, how, you know, if someone's breaking up, like, you can't dump me, I'm going to dump you. Like, when you see, mm-hmm. if a guy sees a girl's about to break up with him, no, I, hey, I hate you, You're, we're done. And then he walks off to try to protect his feelings. Yeah, but he'd be breaking up with himself in this particular case, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, what I don't know exactly even what happened. What, they went back and found things that he had said and done that they disagree yeah, with? just not a good guy, okay, really? AJ? He, he deserves to quit himself. Okay, so how okay. old is this stuff, though, that came out? Could be days, could be years. I'm not positive. But a lot of it's like 10 years old. Yeah, how how was he the producer of Jeopardy when this stuff was out there, though? Well, That's because nobody looks behind the camera at any of these yeah, people. Good point. Yes. Okay? So it just so takes, it takes somebody on. with a gripe to, to actually dig in and look and go find like different stuff on, on whoever if someone does have some stuff? He got hired over a lot of people. Didn't yeah. they do that? During, during the hiring process, you usually people. do you that. You create a lot of enemies. AJ, you create a lot of enemies whenever that happens. Hey, but Pat, listen, like I know during the hiring process, that's when I know like in regular business, before you even bring someone in for an interview, 
they've already looked at all their social media, their Facebook, and say like, oh, this guy has been saying some stupid stuff for the last five years. They don't even get an interview. Throughout the, the hiring process, how did they not find this before they named him full-time host? You're saying how did the Jeopardy people that yeah. hired this guy? The Jeopardy people, I assume, and this is no shot at Jeopardy. It's been around for – let's assume they're 100 to 150 years old, right? Over there. I, I don't know <laughs> if that's their point. first thing. If Mike Richards has the ability to cut cameras and put a Jeopardy show together well and Alex Trebek likes him, which is when he got hired as a – Alex Trebek probably didn't know this about him, by the way, either. I, I, we can't ask him, obviously, rest in peace to the legend. But I don't think they look into it because the Jeopardy people assume that the – you know, the world wouldn't look into it because he's behind the camera. Who cares? He's not taking somebody who has fans, position, or job. And once you do that, then you got a lot of people looking for stuff. No, yeah, that this... is, That's happened to me a couple times here. People have gone searching. It's like, fucking go for it, pal. Yeah. I'll stand by everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens to you. It happens to players that get drafted now. As soon as they get drafted, immediately people, all they do is, is search certain words in that person's Twitter. Or, like, if someone gets hired in a prominent position like this, all they do... Like this is people. There's just a certain group of people who want to get people canceled. canceled. Aren't there companies now, or aren't there people that they will hire that will go back and scrub I all their social so. media? Like I know at least that's I've heard people talk about that for years. Like someone should go through all of it. Well, right? I don't think for this in particular. I, I believe it was on a podcast. So like, I was mean, it I, repeatedly, or is this like a one-time thing? No. Well, I mean, I think I, it was his podcast, it, wasn't it? Yeah. He said he deleted it. Yeah, it was his podcast. It was. I guess he was the executive producer at Price is Right beforehand, oh. and it was supposed to be like a look behind that show a little bit, but. But yeah, I think it was like a, a repeated. He took down a couple episodes, obviously. But yeah, I mean, someone did a deep dive on Shane him. Gillis. But, Remember Shane Gillis? Who got fired? He yeah, got hired SNL by guy. SNL, and yep. then from his own podcast, I believe. Whatever he he had said some remarks that some some bad stuff, I guess. And they found it after they already said, "Hey, he's hired." I mean, it was like a couple days later. I feel like yeah, uh, either that or he had, he done he had done like one show or something, and then got let go right after that. But but the Pat's point, I mean, when he was the executive producer at Jeopardy, Trebek was still around, so no one gave a shit, it, you know? I guess. Hey, this opens the door for Aaron Rodgers, you know? Ooh. He said uh, to Shine today on Shine Box, really? right here on Mad Dog Sports Radio, <laughs> he said that if they can make it work around his schedule, he would love to be in there and do it. And I don't know if they would be able to do it. Hopefully they would somehow figure it out. But there's a lot of people... That what LeVar Burton wants that job. There's a lot of people that want that gig. And I think whenever there's a lot of people that want that gig, there's also a lot of potential uh, family, agents, friends. So whenever you just hire yourself, everybody's like, oh, is that right? That's a fascinating hire. And then they come in and say, thought you were an asshole, assumed you are an asshole. You hired yourself over all these other people. Seems like you are an asshole. That's what a lot of people say. So now the – guest hosting thing kind of opens back up is aaron going to get the gig does aaron you know well they who's going to get it aj how would he do the, it though? the conversation goes to and he'll still be the executive producer of the show right i don't no, know i don't no think way. so i think it's a clean break yeah you think they said hey you can't host it we hate what you said it was despicable but you can still produce the show I mean, it's Hollywood, dude. If we ever, I mean, yeah. I mean, we might want to check on that because I, I have a hard time believing that they kept him around to be the producer if they, he resigned. Or At retired. least every article I've seen, it just says step down as host. Okay, so maybe, maybe. they're like, hey but man, I'll you're such looking. a, you're such a great producer. We don't care about what you said on your podcast, but you definitely can't host. Is that what they told him? I, I don't know. That's the way I read it. Whenever I read it, I was like, he's stepping on his host. Nobody said he's 
leaving Jeopardy forever. Yeah. You know? um, USA Today headline says Mike Richards steps down as Jeopardy host, will remain executive producer. Wow. I mean, I feel like that's that's a bit interesting. Yeah, you can't be in front of the camera, but just keep him behind it. Just get back there. Huh. Uh, people forget about him. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. Right. you're right. You know how quick the news cycle is. Let's move on. Let's. Uh, but they did say we're going to have a rotating guest host thing now again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe you'll get, be able to get in there, especially with how good you dress and how you look at that table and everything like that. Maybe you get in there. That's my, not my thing. I've never watched a, a full episode front to back ever. I don't really care about Jeopardy because it's just a sitting there like – and people trying to showboat and virtue signal. They sit down. You're try- you think you have a conversation with someone, and they just keep blurting out answers. Oh, what is Tucson? And I'm like, okay. And then they come right back to the conversation, and they think they're awesome if they get it right. I'm like, all right, congrats, bud. You can memorize. Well, people things. love trivia. Like people they love do. trivia. I do not love trivia, so I don't think I'm open for that uh, position. I don't think they're really looking at me, and I don't think I. So should you don't watch Jeopardy because your wife answers some questions in the middle no. of conversation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she probably would. I'm sure she would know a lot of them, but she uh, she probably. Yeah, trust me. She may not know what Jeopardy is. You didn't honestly. even watch when your friend was on. Yeah, Aaron, I watched him host. Yeah, no, you just said you, you never, just seen, said an you never seen an episode. Front to back, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see all twenty-seven minutes. No, you read it. Oh, nah. But yeah, Pat's watched a lot of movies why, front to back. Hey, is that why Aaron will go on every other show but this one because you didn't watch a full Jeopardy show? So this is yes. a good thing. I'm glad you got into this. So you mentioned something to me about these shows Aaron has done. I was unaware that he did any shows, but I guess he went on three different shows, right? Yep. So yeah, well, I mean, he couldn't I'm have made a bunch of news from killed. it, though. Yeah, but I'm getting killed on the internet. Okay, killed. I mean, it's for every day, literally, figuratively. But okay, continue. How are you I getting killed? Because stuff. we if have I Aaron on up, Tuesdays. It's a barrage though. of hate. I mean, that's getting killed on the internet for weeks. For weeks. Because what? Because people claim that that we are Aaron ball washers, right? Yeah, we take where his cat. Yeah, we take his balls. Uh-huh. We put them into the uh-huh. thing. And then we, we clean them up. That's what everybody okay. says we do, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, t- we do somewhat. Like, we, we kind of do. Just maybe, maybe come on the show and, you know, you help do, us maybe. out, maybe? I do, maybe. yeah. You could definitely say that. Like, sure. But I, I um, tell the truth. Yeah. Tell, tell the, the truth. truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth. You do. I agree. And you ask them tough questions, too, that other people don't ask them. So whatever. who cares? Why do you care so much? Because I fucking was entrenched in battle. I know. But I mean... I mean, like, legit, my life is good. I have a good community on the internet that I enjoy. Then during the whole Aaron thing, I'm just waking up to, this guy is the fucking worst human on the internet. That's what I'm hearing from okay. people. Well, this is because something. Because I was sticking up for the diva millionaire whenever he wasn't even saying anything. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Like, we get it. We just get like a, hey, guys, can't wait for Tuesday. You know, like, hey, something like you talk to him every day. I mean, why can't can we get fucking <laughs> something? Thanks for. Thanks for your shins being made of titanium, Pat, because of the entire thing. They were just taking shots in my fucking shit. So Shine is on this channel, right? Channel 82? Uh, Yes, I believe so. Yep. You guys mentioned Mad Dog Sports Radio. So Uh, what time was that interview on? And when did it run yesterday? No, it was on this morning. This morning. This morning, okay. Just for future reference, this show is a YouTube show getting licensed by Sirius. Exactly. Exactly. This is perfect then, because whenever Aaron Rodgers' Tuesdays start... You, this is what we lead off with. You can ask mm-hmm. them right off the bat. Hey, man, thanks for doing all those other shows so we can get a little <laughs> piece of information on what we're going to bat for you for for months. Yeah, I'll, that'll be first question. I think it'll be good. Hopefully he has one of those you know, long, like thought-out answers like he has for a lot of them. Well, he just heard the question that's coming. I assume he's going to prepare just like he did for Jeopardy. You think? You know? <laughs> I don't think there's. I don't think Jeopardy's going to happen. Why he's still playing? Like I feel like when he's done, absolutely they should hire him to be the full time host. 
I think those are long days, right? Like those, because they they try to book two weeks of shows in one day. So I think that's a long ass day. That's a tasking day. People are saying do it on his off day. It's like well, his off day. If you do recall when he was calling into the show, we just got a glimpse of it one season. He was getting massages, acupuncture. Like that's the day to put your body back together almost for an entire season, as opposed to standing and filming two weeks worth of. I don't know. I just I don't know if it's possible. If anybody can do it, he can figure it out. But maybe we'll get to ask him. I mean, it would be tough to do it every Tuesday for the year. Like if he was doing, let's say he tried to do guest host Jeopardy, to do it maybe one or two Tuesdays during the year, you could find a way and you'd be okay. It wouldn't wear you down. But if you had to, like he knew, all right, every off day, either I'm flying to L.A. or wherever, or maybe they come near me and we the studio and we film all this, that I think would wear on somebody. There's no way you would want to do that for 17 Tuesdays in a row. Yeah, but by Especially week. at the quarterback position. With the amount of... And on Tuesdays, he's got a lot of stuff going on, too, where they're putting in game plan. He's talking to the coaches. They're getting everything situated because Wednesday morning, that's when you start presenting the game plan to the rest of the offense. If anybody can figure it out, that motherfucker can figure it out. But I think that is going to be a tall, tall task as quarterback of an NFL team, let alone the MVP of an NFL team. But I hope they give it to somebody who really wants it and deserves it, though. I'm a Jeopardy watcher, man. I watch full episodes because I'm uh, I enjoy trivia and a good... Ball washer friend. Of course, Connor. What were you saying? Oh, I was saying during the bye week, right? They could film five a day for a week, from Monday to Friday. Do you want to do that in your bye week? I, I'm not Aaron Rodgers, so I don't know what I want to do. You know? Yeah, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, it could. If he really wanted to do it, he could absolutely do it. I just don't know if you want to do that. If you want to put yourself you know, through that. What do they film every two weeks? Because they have to stay somewhat topical, just it, in case something terrible, like a catastrophe, happens. It's right. like 46 days of the year they record, and it's five episodes a day they record. Yeah. A lot, so a week's week. yeah. one bye week. If they were to do five days, twenty five episodes, you know that'll <laughs> yeah. that'll roll through a lot. <laughs> in the summer, go yeah. ahead, do it. What's that? Five weeks. Yeah, Jeopardy should just throw so much money at him that he can't say no. That's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Or or like Gunther Kuntz and Mark Murphy just keep doing their thing like they have been, and then <laughs> Jeopardy's like, all right, they'll fuck it up here. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll swoop in. <laughs> They could. I mean, I guess they could film like seven episodes a day instead of five. You know, days days a little bit longer, but you, you, you get rid of some of the days on the back end. Yeah, I guess. Hey, Nick, can you help me out here? I'm going to go out to the phone lines here. Can you dial up James in Seattle? This is something I think Gumpy may have some interest in. What's up, James? How you doing? Jimmy. Here we go. Shout out, AJ. Shout out, the boys. Shout out, James. What's up, man? What's going on with, uh, with Tua and Flores? Yeah, so, you know, I want to talk about this whole situation. Two is getting a lot on his, on his rap sheet for injuries, not playing well, but I feel like not a lot of people are talking about how much of a confidence killer it's got to be to throw Tua in for part of the game. You struggle, you take him out, you bench him for Fitzpatrick, you create all this, this media harassment around him, and nobody's throwing any flack at Brian Flores. They say he's a great coach, which overall I think is true, but I think that's going to be a big factor in, in Tua's development. And he's got some weapons now, but I just I think why does no one get on Brian Flores for that decision? That, valid. Would, that would be because the Dolphins were absolute dog shit before <laughs> Brian Flores. Yeah, but he has turned them around. I mean, it was a terrible decision. I mean that that did crush his confidence. It's true, but do you before, think he's gained it back? Do you think he, do you think Tua has lost some trust in Flores and what happened last year. You think he was up front with him because we know Fitzpatrick didn't know he was getting pulled. So did Tua know I'm coming in? It was the perfect setup last year. We talked about it a million times for Tua to sit the whole year behind Fitzpatrick. There was no need to put him in. It was a terrible move. But before Flores, the Dolphins were dog shit. 
Yeah, I guess. What do you think, Pat? I, 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 Fitz Magic seemed heartbroken, and mm. anytime you get a sad puppy like Fitz Magic, yeah. I'm not, I'm gonna side with that person. I, <laughs> the thing about Flores saying we didn't want this to be let go before we told the team, and Fitz Magic basically telling the media like, yeah, it was heartbroken. I didn't even fucking know. I thought we were really going there. I, I and then the. The firing of Kyle Van Noy after paying mm-hmm. him. It just seems like there's a lot of things that are happening. It's like if they win, nobody's going to talk about it because the Dolphins have been an epic failure for so long. But if they lose here for the next couple of years, I mean, we can look back on some decisions that were made by B-Flow here. They're yeah. like, this was alarming. This was red flagging. This was red flagging. But then if they win, doesn't matter. If they don't, it'll just be another turnover. Let's see how the Dolphins can stink again. Hey, but sometimes we don't know exactly like what strings the head coaches point and what the front office and owner are making him do. Like there's certain things I think that are out of control of the the head coach. Yeah, with playing time you would think should be to the head coach, but we don't know. Like there's owners or GMs or people telling him like, hey, this is our plan. We need you to do this. I've heard a story of an offensive coordinator. And this is not on any team that I was on, but a story of an offensive coordinator getting a call from the owner the night before a game and saying, hey, insert name of first round draft pick here. Should be getting a little bit more of the ball, shouldn't he? And then that offense coordinator had to change the entire scheme for the game the next morning and kind of do it. You never know who or why is happening. There's always a chain of command. Obviously, there's always a chain of command. And you're right. We have no idea who's doing what anywhere other than in New England. It's Bill, Bill, Bill. Hell yeah. But this is even more so a point of it's hard to get a read on things when we don't know what's going on. Like these training camp reps when the internet is declaring a winner and then somebody, everybody else is like, no, 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 that's not the case. Just like when Urban Meyer was doing the goddamn thing. I think we have no idea what we're looking at a large portion of the time, especially when it comes to the NFL. That was like Calvin Ridley yesterday. Like Calvin Ridley had a great route against Byron Jones. Then half the people in the comments were like, oh, it's unbelievable. And then the other half, yeah, right here. Yeah, zoom in on Carlos Dunlap and uh, Dewan Landry. I don't know if you can down there at the bottom they're like nah this ain't fucking ridley's win pal (laughs) (laughs) already sacked that's the nfl all right that's the show can't thank you guys enough again tonight friday night smackdown eight o'clock on fox SummerSlam tomorrow night and then monday pat will be back in studio we can't thank you guys enough for watching, following along. We know there's a bunch of shit out there. We are eternally grateful for you guys spending time each day with us. Have the greatest weekend ever. We'll see you on Monday. Cheers.